0: All right. So again, of course, talking about the attributes of God. Um, And our reasoning behind that is to actively seeking and accurately understanding who God is will promote high and holy living. And that's what we desire as people being sanctified is to have a high and holy living to um, become more like God. And every aspect of our lives are reflective of our view of God. So everything that we do uh, and say reflects our attitude uh, towards God. And then an accurate understanding of God is foundational to how we know Him, worship Him, serve Him, and become more like Him. And uh, tonight has a really big $5 word, Um, uh, the immutability of God, which simply means that He does not change. But immutability, I guess, seems more proper and sounds funny. So you get to say it a lot. So immutability, I'll I'll probably mess that up several times tonight. But um, it is something that draws a little bit of... I won't say concern, but a lot of questions. Uh, And as we get into it, you're probably going to have the same question, so I'm not going to try and lead you into it. But uh, just thinking about the fact that God doesn't change. From eternity past, eternity future, God's not going to change. So looking at that, um, there's going to be three areas uh, that we look at, and it's in His person. So think of that as like his, his very essence, his, uh, his character, his attributes, everything, you know, those are not going to change. God's love is never going to change. Him being all-knowing, not going to change. So uh, one being the person, two being the plans of God. Those plans, his purpose, his decree that we had talked about, it's, doesn't change. God laid it out before the foundation of the earth, and it will play out just as He um, said or planned. Uh, And then the promises of God. Uh, Those that He has poured out, we know that we can trust Him to fulfill and that they're not going to change. He's not going to change and say, Ah, never mind, I'm going to recant on that one. I'm going to back up. I'm not going to fulfill that one. Don't worry about it. That's not the God that we serve. We have a God that's not going to change. Um, so in that uh, first there's going to be a lot of I think I have all the verses up here and there's a bunch of them that we're just going to look at talk about and ask questions um, it's pretty short I think uh, I've only got nine more slides so it's uh, uh, there's a few quotes in here but uh, for the most part I just threw up some verses there because it's kind of like if God doesn't change I mean you're talking about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, right? Like, it's not changing. So, you know, we look at it, it's not going to change. It's been the same. So uh, the first one, the person of God, we look in Exodus 3.14. Uh, and God said to Moses, uh, I am who I am. All right. I was or who I'm going to be, simply I am. That's not going to, nothing's going to change. Anytime you see... Uh, say, Who are you, God? I am. Even today. Not just Old Testament. He is the great I am. Um, And of course, these... Nowhere close being exhaustive on the the verses that you could put in here. Um, Just pulled out a few. Tried to pull out some... Almost some from each uh, genre of the Bible. But um, Psalms 119... 89 says, Forever, Lord, Your Word stands in heaven. Um, so, and I thought about that one a little bit, you know, thinking about God's Word and everything, you know, He done, He created the entire world by His Word, you know. Then um, it stands written. Everything that God has said still stands written today. Uh, there's nothing that we cannot take to the bank. You know, it still stands written. Jeremiah 31 3 says, The Lord appeared to him long ago, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you out of kindness or out with kindness. So, um, I've loved you long, or I've loved you uh, basically with an everlasting love before, a long time ago and farther than you'll ever remember. You know, I'm going to love you. It's an everlasting love. Um, and then John 13 one <clears throat> says, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that His hour had come, that He would depart from this world to, th- to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. That's just the character of God. You know, he loves us to the very end, even to the point of the cross, resurrection, even to coming back for us again. The whole purpose comes back for us to—he loves us, and he wants to gather us together for the the bridal or the wedding ceremony and everything. So, um, just knowing that um, it's—it's really hard for us. I feel like to uh, relate. To this attribute of God this is not an attribute that we can that we share with God because we're all the time changing you know we're wishy-washy or you know go with ever ever which way the wind blows at times and um, so it's really hard for us to understand completely this attribute of God to fact just to think about being in a state that you're never going to change Um, and um, A.W. Pinky here, yeah, kind of talks about that. It says, He cannot change for the better. Yeah, I mean, God can't get better, right? Um, he has no need to get better. He is great. He is perfect. Um, for He is already perfect. Uh, and being perfect, He cannot change for the worse. You know, He's not going to be a bad God at some point. He can't change and be a bad God all of a sudden. Uh, altogether, unaffected by anything outside of Himself... So nothing external is going to change him. And then improvement or deterioration is impossible. He is perpetually the same at all times. Um, and when you have perfection, there's no need to change. He is perfect God. I mean, he, nothing he does is unjust or not right. Um, he doesn't do anything uh, outside of his love. I mean... It's just the, a great uh, attribute of God of us knowing that He is immutable. I mean, and for me, I think the promise is the one that really uh, drives it home for me as far as, you know, I'm so thankful that He doesn't back up on His promises, that Christ is sufficient. <laughs> because if He ever went to anything other than Christ was enough, I'm going to be in trouble. Cause he could change and make it about me, and then I'm no hope of salvation. So I'm definitely, um, and there's, I mean, thousands of other things that you can think of about God that's not going to change. If, y- if y'all think of a verse or something like that, I was going to try and leave it up to y'all tonight too. To if y'all think of some verses or some truths in this that y'all know or that y'all hold to often. Uh, that y'all could call out or we could talk about. So y'all know any of the... I mean, there's hundreds, thousands probably that we could talk about, but any of them that y'all hold to... Have uh, you ever thought about the immutability of God that He never changes? And it's not one... I just really would sit down and think, hmm, does God change? Can He change? And I guess. Really rely on that and really are mm. Yeah I guess as you as we experience more things in life here you know and because everything outside of us is changing us. you know everything that we experience, we react to, we change, we adapt, all that type of stuff God doesn't have to do that. Nothing surprises God. Nothing's ever God's never been sitting on his throne and go, Ah. I didn't know that. What do we need to do about that? It's not that's not the God that we have. He's all knowing. There's no need there's no change needed. So think about uh James one seventeen. Did you not include that one? Not in that one. <laughs> so every good and perfect gift. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. That was about as clear as you can get. Yeah, and everybody uses that one. You know, Pink used it, other ones used it too. Uh, and I was trying to think if I used it in the plans of God. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, no, no shadow from no... I mean, no variation, no, nothing like it's, it's the same. There's no, um, but that's normally the one that everybody uses right off the bat. Um, yeah, no, uh, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Yeah, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Uh, I, said, I don't know if I use that in plan or not. but I mean, And I will go over, so I forgot to say this. So tonight, uh, most of my notes come straight from A.W. Pink's book. Uh, and then I was, uh, I read a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, like January seventh, nineteen or eighteen fifty-five, you know, went back and read it uh, on this very thing, and he he basically it, it's um, uh Malachi three six, and so we're going to look at it at the very end, but uh, we're definitely not going to go into it. It was, I mean, as I said there's a whole sermon on very few words on that one verse, uh, but we'll look at it at the end. It kind of encompasses all of this too. Um. So the person of God never changes. Uh, and we, we've kind of talked about the plan of God a lot uh, with His decree and His sovereignty and all that type of stuff. There's no need for changing it either. Uh, but we'll hit it right quick. Numbers 23, 19 says, "...God is not a man that He would lie, nor a son of man that He would change His mind. Uh, has He said and will He not do it? Or has He spoken and will He not make it good?" Um, You know, it's just one of things. Like we can't, we can't fully understand that because man lies. We lie. Like there's no way of understanding all that, and to not change your mind. How about that? How about that? You're not. God has never changed His mind. Hmm. If that's the case, most women never make it out the door of a morning. Or maybe you would make it out the door quicker and on time, Suze. you wouldn't change, not change your mind about how, what do you hair, what clothes you wear, all that type of stuff. You get out a lot quicker then. There's things about that. You just don't change your mind. God doesn't. Does it have to? First um, Samuel fifteen twenty nine says, "Also the glory of Israel will not lie nor change his mind." And he is not a man that he would change his mind. Same thing. I mean, there's no need. Romans eleven twenty nine, uh, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. So he, there's no reason for him to pull back on any gifts or callings that he has. It's perfect. I mean, there's no need to to change any of his plans. Um. So what what type of or any verses or comments on that? I mean. Or any concerns with that? This is where you, it gets a little dicey with people. Anybody know why this would be an issue? One thing people say a lot of times is, you know, Genesis, in God that He made man. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Relented against Israel. Yeah. Relented against Israel. People often try to separate they'll say the God of the Old Testament is different than the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, You know, and so many other times we see in scripture where God does not repent. God does not repent. God does not repent. And we see those that language. And Nathan, I think, done a great job explaining all that to us when we went through repentance. But, you know, how else can we understand God's uh, disappointment than to say he really wishes he could just completely have changed his mind and go back. Like That's really the only way, like, for you to completely regret something to the point of changing it, you know, that's a pretty good indication of how bad you feel about things and so not necessarily that you would it's just the situation that's come about has grieved God and so that's that's what it's of course that's what it's alluding to there when it talks about relenting and repenting wish God or God wish he could repent of that it's the grieving that it gives God um, to do that or to go through that Y'all are not going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up and we'll we'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. The main issue here. If God doesn't change his plans, why do we pray? If we can't change the plan of God, the sovereignty of God, why would we pray? Changes us. Changes us. He commands it. He commands it. Because he said to. <laughs> and that was really the main one is, you know and I think that was uh, Spurgeon. I think he said he said because he's required it. He's he's requested us do it. That's why we do it. But yeah and not that we don't carry our cares to God. Of course he won he's mentioned that all the time. But I think Jeremy hit it on the head, you know, prayer's not so much to try and change God. But it's to change us and our mindset, and really, like I said we got to get prayer right. We got to understand God right, all that type of stuff. I mean, it's so hard to do instantly. You know, it, takes, it seems like it ta- seems like it takes forever for me, especially over and over again. But you know, we really should be praying, God's Your will, not mine. You know, and then once we pray that, and we're okay with that, then that's what changes us. You know, instead of trying to pray and get what we want, you know, he says, if you'll pray my will, I'll give it freely. You know, I'll give you whatever you want according to my will. Um, so that's what a lot of people say. Well, if God, you can't change God, you know, if God don't change them, no need to pray. Well, yeah, there is because he told us to, you know. And even Jesus, we see him in the, in the garden saying, God, you know, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, let it be. But your will be done. You know, once again, I think that's just God in the flesh pouring out the the grievance that He has that of what's coming for, or what's going to be coming. You know, he has no other way than trying to do away with. You know, he did, he would have never not went to the cross. You know, but he was like, if there's any other way than the cross, a little bit easier way, then so be it. But it's really hard to do. You know, it's hard to talk about. You know, if God don't. If me praying to God, asking Him to change things, you know, should I do it? Or sh- absolutely. Go to God, pour your heart out to Him. Let Him know what your heart says, what you want. But just know at the end of the day, your heart really, as a child of God, should be, your will be done, Lord, and let me be okay with it. That's a lot of it. Like, I'll be honest. <clears throat> um, I guess it's been 12... Uh, probably a little over twelve years ago. Now, um, a bunch of us had went to the beach, and uh, we went to play golf. And was about to tee off, and got a phone call about Pawpaw had fallen, and or no, he hadn't fallen. <clears throat> he had fell asleep in the recliner, couldn't get him woke back up. He's going in the emergency room, which uh, this is like. A weekly thing <laughs> you know it's not hey papa's going to the emergency room probably gonna be fine nothing nothing no big issue well you know i'm i tee off we get going and i just i lose it for some reason you know me cold-hearted cody never shows emotion and everything and i just lost like had, i really didn't even understand like why i'm like what's going on like i don't understand why i'm so upset but i just felt like something something was different about this trip for him to go to the emergency room maybe there was that i was so far away or something like that So then we finish up, or we're about to finish up, going up the 18th fairway, and they call and say, hey, Pawpaw's gone, he had a a brain bleed, he'd fell a, a week or so ago, we didn't, nobody called it, nobody knew anything about it, all the damage is done, we're gonna pull the plug, could be two days, could be two hours, could be two weeks, two months, there's really no way of knowing. And so they're like, all right, are we going? You want to go home? Like, no, I mean, we're, we're almost done. Let's finish up, and then we'll, we'll get ready and go back. So, of course, we get back, and I'm trying to get ready, get everything packed up, and I, I just was honest. Not angry at God, but I was just really honest. Like, God, I'm going to be extremely selfish right now and pray you not take Paul, because that's what I want. I know that's definitely probably not the best-case scenario at this time uh, with him, but that I'm just going to be selfish. And i was just like i don't want any other result other than him to be here you know and i knew like i said i i, I felt like i knew since the first hole you know that he probably wasn't gonna make it home and stuff but i would never if i had really just sat down and said pray god you know your will be done just let the peace of god come over me you know you know i would never have taken papa away from heaven by, i mean from his savior i mean there's no way uh, and i did we made it home Made it to the hospital and, um, you know, got to see him a little bit before he passed. But that's really the one time I just really got almost frustrated with God that this is not the way that I would do it, God. Which there's, I mean, I'll tell you now, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just tell you, like, you know, what's your plan? What are you doing? I have no clue. Like, I've just stopped having plans or trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life because... It's not going to work out however I decide anyway, so I'm just like, whatever, you know. Um, And that's the way I've got to. And I'm fine with that. Like, I don't care now. Like, really? I don't care what I do, God. Just my thing is you be glorified in whatever it is, whether I'm a a school teacher or a bum on the street, you be glorified. I don't care, you know. And um, that's really helped me out a lot. And it's really hard to talk to people, you know, about not praying, you know, should we pray or not? Absolutely. Like, that is the... One of the most stupid things you could say is, should I pray or not? You know, God says to you, you better do it. You better pour your heart out to Him. Even when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit's there to intercede for you anyway. So maybe it would be better for you to shut up and let the Holy Spirit do it. You know, it would have been probably a a lot better for me most times. Um, But yeah, that's the big, uh, if y'all ever start talking about the immutability of God, wait for somebody to bring up, well, should I pray then? Surely you're not that stupid, but anyway. Um, so the plan of God, you're not going to change it. and we, we shouldn't want to. His His plan is perfect. Just go with it. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to have it figured out. It's okay. Just go with it. Um, Alright, so uh, Pink says <clears throat> God's purpose never alters. One of the two things causes a man to change his mind and reverse his plans. One being the want of foresight to anticipate everything or the lack of power to execute. But as God is both omniscient and omnipotent, there is never any need for him to revise his decrees. He's all-knowing and he's all-powerful. That combination there yields the the result of never needing to change anything. He's all-knowing. He knows what to do, how to do, and He has the power to do it. There's no need to ever alter your plans at that point. God already knew. Hey, he already knew. You say, oh, but what about this? Oh, God already knew that too. But what about this? God already knew it. There's no need to change. Um... I thought that was the end of the plan, but it's not. I put that in the middle for some reason. Job 23, 13, uh, but he is unique, and who can make uh, him turn? Whatever his soul desires, he does it. Uh, Psalm thirty three eleven. the plan of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Uh, in the same way God desires, oh, this is Hebrews 6, 17, uh, in the same way, God, desiring even more to demonstrate to the heirs of the promise the fact that His purpose is unchangeable, confirmed it with an oath. Um, so, Lord's plan stands forever uh, and His promises, which that one kind of leads into the next one. That's I guess that's the reason why I put that one at the very end, because it leads into the promises of God. Um. And this one kind of goes... I really had a hard time of deciding to do... I've done the three Ps. Did y'all notice that? Alliterated that. Did y'all see that? Person, plan, promises. Getting fancy. Um, now, so there's a lot of different uh, things that people talk about here. Um, and a lot of people just go to um, salvation. You know, he's immutable in that. They'll let... I mean, it's not going to change based on man or anything like that. But I wanted to kind of focus on more completely His promises that He's poured out. Uh, Genesis 9, 13, going back, "...I have set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall serve as a sign of a covenant between me and the earth." Never really thought about that. God not only has covenants between man, and, but He has with all, apparently at least earth his other cre- or another creation. Um, It shall come about when I make a cloud appear over the earth that the rainbow will be seen in the cloud. 9.16 says, when the rainbow is in the cloud, then I will look at it to remember the everlasting covenant between God uh, and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Um, John 10.29, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Um, those that are His are His forever. I mean, there's no... It's eternal salvation. It's eternal life. Uh, you know, if it was... Uh, he, you know, we're gods until we fall or until Satan snatches us out five years down the road, that's not eternal life. That's a five-year life. We have eternal life. Um... And not only that, it's, it was God's plan for us to have eternal life, and for each one of us. Um, i and the Father are one, you know. That i throw that in there for any uh, Jehovah's Witness or anything we might have watching. So um, just throw that in there. Um, John seventeen twelve. While I was with them, I was keeping them in Your name, uh, which You have given me, and I guarded them, and that. Uh, not one of them perished, itself, the son of destruction, so that the Scriptures would be fulfilled. Uh, so everybody said, well, what about Judas? What about him? Yep. Well, that was so the Scriptures sh- should be fulfilled. There was a plan in that. Um, it's not like they went, oh, Judas, we got one going rogue. Now we got to figure out something. It's not the way it happened. God knew. Um, And then getting on into Romans. There's, I mean, Romans has tons of these. Uh, they may not be worded as, as a promise, but you can take these to the bank. Okay, uh, Romans 8, 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed into the image of his Son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren and sisters. Uh, and these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he he justified he also glorified and that's a promise that's gonna happen there's not a single person that comes to faith in Jesus Christ that does not make it all the way to glorification okay and I know there's people probably popping I mean hopefully not but probably everyone else can sit around and think about somebody and go well, what about oh so-and-so because they once were on fire for the Lord and you know. Last one out the church door. You know they're always here all the time, and they're not anymore. What about that one? What about that one that's you know has no no longer has any type of desire uh, for God or His people or His Word? Well, I would have to say he was never foreknew or predestined. He put on a good show. He looked like he did. He went through the motions, but. Obviously, there was never any uh, eternal life given. His soul was never alive. He was dead, but put on a good show. Um, Romans ten thirty eight. 38, uh, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a promise. Um so I think uh Okay, yeah. There it was. All right, so I mean I don't know how many other promises that you know they are in the Bible, but there's probably hundreds of promises of God. And everyone else is going to come to pass. Um, because he can't change. He can't renege on any of them. It's impossible. Anybody got anything on that? So here's the other one that everybody goes to, is Malachi 3 sits and that Spurgeon pretty much exegeted. It says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, the sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. Um, And I almost just have to plug in my name there for Jacob and be like, if I could have changed Cody, I would have (laughs) thrown you to the wolves a long time ago. (laughs) But he can't. For the Lord do not change, and you know this is special, you know, to the um, to Jacob and the sons of Jacob and everything. Um, he's going to hold the promises that He gives, even when we're s- do things in ignorance, do things in rebellion, complete idiots. God's not going to change just because you're an idiot. Thank goodness, praise the Lord. No many? How many times we are. You know, we keep following on Jesus. and um, Luckily, he's... No need to change. He's got it all worked out. It's perfect. Um, and then Stephen Charnock. I don't know if y'all... If you get... A, everything I've read by Charnock has been really good. Um, I can't think of any books or anything that i read, but at least every quote that I've ever seen by him has been really good. I can't think of the books right now, but um, he says, What comfort would it be to pray to a God that, like the chameleon, changes color every moment? Who would put up a petition to an earthly prince that was mutable as to grant a petition one day and deny it another? You know, God wouldn't be God if he changed. At what point would we go, go to him for salvation when the next minute he can deny us? It's not a god. At least that's not our god. You know, we, a lot of people follow after their own little gods that you know um, that say, "Hey, I'll give you pleasure by you do this," and then turn around and realize oh, that wasn't pleasure, that wasn't peace. But our God is a God that doesn't change. There's no need to. Um, all right, anybody got anything else on that?